This is Carrie Han, and I portrayed Newt in Aliens, and you're mostly listening to the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy podcast. Mostly. Welcome to the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy Podcast. This is episode 84. I am Adam Zeller, or as I'm known on our website forums as Ridgetop. Joining me is my usual co-host, Aaron Percival, a.k.a. Corporal Hicks. Hello, everybody. And we also have a blast from the past here who started the podcast with Aaron. His last episode was the one right before my first back in 2013. We have Mike Monahan with us. Mike, how's it going? Good. How about you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, I, I had to swap one American for another anyway. I need to keep the diversity yeah. on the uh, show. I have his yeah, old taken back over again sorry guys peace out you're done Adam <laughs> do, do you want to know a secret yes for ages I struggled to tell you two apart when we were on like um, <laughs> Xbox and stuff like that oh, yeah I funny. can hear that I'm not surprised <laughs> we both we both have that standard American accent well, huh it's, it's funny because um, we both are soft spoken English boys <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I had it recently said to me, comparing me to another guy who's um, a bit further up north than me. And to to me, our accents are completely different. But somebody compared us, you know, saying we sounded quite alike. And I was like, this this must be what it was like for um, Adam and Mikey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I'm surprised you could even hear me back then because my internet connection when I lived in the woods was so bad. Surprised mm. even any audio came through. I'm surprised we made those old podcasts work. Well, you know, it's perseverance. Gotta yeah. start somewhere. Guess so. But we've <laughs> we've been going for quite a while now. Since 2011 yeah. was when you guys started it, mm-hmm. and now here we are in 2019. And the occasion are- is the recent Alien 40th anniversary short films, which. I mean, we were calling them fan films before, right? But because it was a fan film competition last year mm-hmm. and they were awarded by Tongle, which Tongle, they're like a, a video production company. Are they not like they, they do this stuff more than they, you know. they, they seem to be a bit of a general kind of I don't really know how to describe it because it's, it's like a sort of competition kind of platform because they recently did um, relevant to me, actually. A super fan contest for the Stargate franchise. Hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. Which did was you why enter? I, I was considering it, but funnily enough, the guy who directed Alien Alone, I think, won a spot on that panel. Mm. So you know, connection there. It's some sort of competition kind of thing. Hmm. But anyway, they handled that the the budgeting. I think there were a little over 500 entrants. Entries for it. Like yeah. And uh, there were six finalists for the films. So, yeah, originally we, we say they're fan films, but I mean, these are officially endorsed by Fox, that the 20th Century Fox logo plays when they start. So this is kind of an, a new frontier for, for fan films. I mean, we've, we've seen fan films kind of unfortunately been been taken down before, like Alien Identity, which we were very excited for, Aaron. But it's nice to see this, to see these these fan films 
made with support from Fox. I mean, I can't recall another sci-fi franchise that has done that. I mean, you see fan films for Star Wars and, and Star Trek, but I mean, they're always wondering if they're going to be shut down or not, like you saw with Star Trek Axnar. That was, that was what that well, was that, called, that, right? That's a whole other board game, though, that is. There's all sorts of legalities with stuff like that. It wasn't purely because it was um, a fan film. He was accused of all sorts of stuff to do with how he was actually spending the money. Ooh, but anyway, <laughs> another tangent there. But my point is, it's it's very new and, and interesting to see this level of support from the you know the IP owners Fox uh, for films like this. Um, and overall, uh, so I feel like they were they were very successful. So to to kind of explain here the the occasion, we uh, Mike and I I was recently in LA and we were invited to Fox for an early special screening of all six of these short films. They're going to be released. The first one, as of this recording, was released today, uh, March 29th of 2019. And leading up until Alien Day, they're going to be, be released one after the other each week, and then you'll have two right before Alien Day. Or is it on Alien Day? Or the it's, last on, it's on Alien Day. It's on Alien Day are the last two releases. But all three of us have seen all six of them, and I think overall we're, we're kind of all in in agreement that they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you guys yeah. say that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, more hits than misses, I think, uh, yeah. in this one. I mean, none of them were bad, but mm. th- there were definitely some that were stronger than others. I didn't think I didn't think any were bad. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I I, I I use dull to describe it, I guess, really. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't even know if I would go that far. I thought they, they all had their, their moments. Again, I think some were stronger than others, but there wasn't one that stood out to me personally. I mean, I, I could rank them, you know. I have my most and least favorite of, of them all, but there wasn't one that stood out to me that was like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to see that one again. But I don't know, maybe I was too harsh on it because I'd been enjoying the rest too much. I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. just just to be clear for our listeners, this podcast may come out before they've they've all been released. So first, we're just kind of going to go through our our overall impressions of of all six of them without spoilers, and then we're going to go through them in release order uh, and kind of talk in detail with spoilers on on what we thought about various elements of of the episode, and then at the end we'll we'll just kind of do a final review score. So if if you're fine with spoilers, just listen to the whole thing but if you'd like to watch them first just stop after the most recent one you've seen and and come back to it after the next so let's start with you aaron give me like an overall review of of the entire series as a whole like what what did you like i thought they were you're always going to need to remember this is that they were really good for what they were and that is something i think people are going to have to recall you know when when they're watching these shorts upload because they are shorts, so 10 minutes a piece. They were made on 30 grand, I think, was how much they were all given. So, you know, a bit of a shoestring in, in theatrical terms. But for that, I thought they were fantastic. You know, a lot of them spent the money really well. They looked really good. Production design on near enough all of them was great as well. You know, the little things like the, the ship patches and the uh, Wayland yutani logos in the sets. Everything looked like it fit in the world of, in the world of Alien. So it, it was very authentic feeling, which I thought was great. I'd like to say they, they played around a little, uh, uh, you know, a bit more than they did. The only one I really felt that really diverged a bit and, and was risky was Alone, which was actually my favorite, which we'll, you know, again, we'll get into later. Um, but that that was my favorite because it did something different. The rest all have 
echoes of a kind of typically alien narrative. But that not again, not to say that that was a bad thing. It's just that I appreciated Alone more because it was different. For the most part, yeah, like I said, uh, they're all all solid. Um, there was one I really wasn't keen on, mostly because I just found it a bit boring compared to the others. Um, but they all had, you know, a few aspects of them that I liked. Um, even the one that I wasn't keen on, which was Night Shift, because uh, that still had like the cool sort of uh, analogy terminal, and there was you know mention of uh, Aspen beer, which um, made me smile actually. Yeah, I, I remember seeing some of those shirts in there. So yeah, everything had something to like about, and they were really good for what they were. And how about you, Mike? General overall thoughts? I pretty much would say from everything I just heard from Aaron, it's I'm almost exactly on par with what he said you gotta like he said remember that these are made on the low budget and these are not going to be the biggest highest production value and i think some people viewers might not remember that so just go into thinking that when you're watching these and i work in this background creative photography filmmaking all that kind of stuff so i was personally very impressed with what i saw with a lot of the the work done on these I agree with Aaron on the night shift being my least favorite one as well, but that doesn't mean it was bad. I don't agree with some of the things that were done in there, but we'll get to that later. I just was really actually just overall impressed. And I actually wasn't, I went into this going, uh, I went into this without any idea what any of these were going to be. I hadn't watched any of the trailers or anything. I had just seen maybe the quick announcement trailer one time. So I, I wasn't sure if these were interconnected stories until like right before we watched them. And I really liked that these felt like they were just moments inside of the universe that the first movie set up and a little bit of aliens, but it definitely was very inspired by the first film. And I, I, I liked that a lot. I just really overall liked this, these, this potential that we can see with this franchise and that you can do a bunch of little stories instead of following this big, big overall arc that seems to be happening in the franchise right now, in the movie franchise at least. So it was a nice, refreshing breath of fresh air, I guess, is what I'm, how I feel about it. For me personally, I'm you know very much in agreement with both of you. I think this was refreshing, especially after the, the Alien Isolation series that we had. That yeah, this, that was, this was very a, much a misfire. Yeah, this this was a very good quality for I thought it was $20,000 budgets, but but even for $30,000 budgets, this was very impressive work. And it all fit with the theme of the 40th anniversary of Alien. I, I really like the prominence of the lo-fi sci-fi tech that, that you see in this. It very much reminded me of Alien Isolation, the clunky computers and stuff, which is something that that's not been in the prequels and it was good to see it again and having seen this this in a theater yeah it just really kind of spoke to me to the potential of of the franchise and and where it could go with this vast universe where humanity is just explored beyond our solar system and and all these different colonies like what are the situations that could involve the aliens with with those and this this series really touched on that for me personally my favorite was was harvest just because i i thought it very much evoked the running around the spaceship kind of tense horror feel that I love of the first film. After that, probably a specimen and then or and then maybe um, containment and then alone. And then my least favorite was also Night Shift. But again, they were all strong and I feel like they all work together. And I'm really glad. I'm pretty sure we can say this, but after the screening, one of the directors was saying that these will be included on the 40th anniversary 
Blu-ray. So that'll be great to have have these on a physical format as well, just so they're not they're not only online, but you know, right alongside the original Alien film in the special features, we'll we'll be able to watch them, which is cool. Like I, I miss how the special features we we had in the past for like the the original Alien quadrilogy on DVD were just so well done, and I feel like especially with recent releases like Covenant and the Predator, the special features are just not where they used to be, and not where I feel they need to be. So I'm I'm hoping like along with the shorts we get more additions for the alien 40th anniversary i know i'm so good at the tangents here i wanted to ask you quickly actually it was um you know how how did they hold up on a big screen how how were they on a cinema well screen? I, I was gonna bring that up myself too because i was gonna say that we saw this in an experience that no one else really is going to have and, and i would you recommend and adam. yeah <laughs> not adam, me mike, not yeah sorry mike and mike and uh, adam here and uh you're not going to get the same experience if you're watching it on like a laptop or a phone screen. You have to watch these big to appreciate the production value that they have in these. These are very much small films and they look amazing. And we got to see it big. And I think that actually helped our viewing experience because I think that's how you should be watching it as large like you would be watching it in a movie theater. And it was uh, it was an awesome experience to be able to see them that way. Yeah, to appreciate I mean, you... the, the, the picture quality and just the way it was sh- and, and the sound oh it was great it was great i jumped so many times and i've seen so many alien movies and i was a little wiener in there just like <laughs> it was like a great experience being in the theater watching something new for alien yeah i mean even though these were all short films uh putting them all together it felt like we were watching one film just like an anthology mm-hmm. film yeah but yeah it's it's refreshing and i i'm excited to see what the reaction is going to be after everybody sees all of these leading up to alien day and i'm really excited for for this alien day just just in general i mean the 40th anniversary is this franchise has just been really strong to to be able to have the kind of cultural hold that it does after this long and i think these films are you know just like the exhibit we we also recently did mike these films are kind of just a testament to that in my opinion. Absolutely. So I, I just think we're all in agreement, really, that these are strong. Check them out. Some are better than others, but but they're all decent, at least. And some are really good. I know Adam listed off his favorites. Should we list off our favorites, Aaron, before we go into anything else? Yeah, why don't you guys go ahead and just give us a ranking? Yeah. You you start, Mikey, because I can't quite decide. Um, my favorite, it's kind of tied now that I've thought on them more, but Specimen and Ore uh, were my definite favorites. Uh, those are also the two directed by women who I feel like you, if you, I feel like you could tell that they're just directed by women. And I, maybe that's why they stick out to me more. And I, I enjoyed those the most, but then uh, it would be Harvest after that, which is very much Adams got it right with that one too. If it wasn't for these other two, I, that would be my uh, night shift being my least favorite. And then it kind of is tied between containment and alone for me. I'm not sure how I feel about those. They can be interchangeable, but they're all still good. All of these are great. <laughs> Do I want to reiterate that? And you know, what? I'm looking forward to talking about alone because you know, like, like when I mentioned it to uh, JM from uh, perfect organism earlier, he was like, what? And you guys are ranking it a bit lower on your lists as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. bit of an outlier here. I have some strong opinions on that one, and we'll get into it. So for me, it, it would be Alone at the top, followed by Harvest, followed by Ore, followed by Specimen, Containment, and then Night Shift. But I do think Night Shift was damn boring, whereas I do think the rest were a great deal better than it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go into it when we we talk about night shift. You just made me think of something with that. But yeah. So at this point, there's there's going to be spoilers. So we'll be starting with Alien Containment, which was the first one shown in the theater 
when Mike and I saw it. Um, and it's the first one released today, March 29th. So I guess I'll start on this one. You essentially kind of starts viewing this gas giant planet. And then we see the spaceship as the title comes up and the ship explodes. And we see there is this escape pod, kind of like a slightly larger version of, of the Narcissus, I would say. Very and, much the um, same in shape. Yeah. Yeah. O- overall design sort of language was very much not in the Narcissus. Yeah. And we have four survivors kind of trying to piece together what, what happened aboard the larger ship. And uh, one of them is is infected with a, a chest burster and it's not who you initially suspect. The chest burster comes out and it's just kind of running around the ship. And then one of the, the crew members locks the rest in, but somehow the door is reopened and our kind of protagonist character one of one of the women on board gets to the outer door of the ship and just kind of writes on it do not open as their their escaped craft is is being recovered by a larger ship i mean that's just kind of the basic gist of the of the episode it's like each each episode is about 10 minutes but i just thought the the design of the escape pod itself is very much in line with what we would expect from the aesthetic of the first alien or or what we had seen in, in alien isolation but even from the very opening sequence you know it's a gas giant and gas giants are very alien as well in terms yeah. of uh, you know kalpamos and um kg3 something eight i can't remember where sebastopol's in orbit up and then you've also got the general sort of um outline of the colony ship that they were from was reminiscent of the covenant as well so straight off the bat you know you've got these very alien elements before it throws the the escape pod at you yeah and it was it was an interesting just kind of way to start the the episode with the ship exploding because you know we're not it's just not something we typically expect usually an alien we've seen the establishing shot of the ship and then we'll slowly go through the ship and see what's going on i mean even in covenant where you had like an initial disaster it wasn't just like bam you know there it is before we see mm-hmm. anything else that's kind of one of the things you'll get in shorts though isn't it you know it you've only got a limited amount of time and you just to the point you know all, all yeah, of these you right to that point all all of these are going to be skipping a great deal of um exposition and setup and it's just to be expected i think but i mean give me your thoughts on this one guys what would you, you how'd you like the uh the characters the set design the overall story of this episode what did you think yeah, i absolutely loved the opening shots of the gas planet and the transition it was having it almost looked organic at first and i, I my brain couldn't tell if i was looking inside of an egg at first and then maybe a face hugger was going to move around or then it you get you get the idea once it hands out more and you, and you get it. And that was a really cool transition to maybe see that there's something inside of somebody. Kind of, I felt like that's what it was implying right before we get on that ship, and then you find out that yes, someone is infected. And it was shot. It was shot very well in all of that, and the production value, like Adam brought up, was was very great on on the set. And it looked like it could have been uh, just like a ripped out of Alien. The opening's interesting as as well in that it pretty much says off the bat, look, I know these things are, are cheaper and shorter, but it doesn't mean they're going to necessarily be bad because the the, the right. visuals the visuals were really good and i was kind of blown away by the quality of, of what they were giving us straight away mm-hmm. yeah even just the the cg shots of the planet and the ship breaking apart it was really impressive did did you guys expect the chestburster guy uh the moment she says the line you they have something or it's what is it that it affects the memory. The moment that that happened, that's where my brain said, okay, he's the one infected and he's going to be the freak out and then it's going to happen right there. But I didn't expect it to play out as way it did, but I kind of it gave me a hint that something was coming that we okay. didn't expect. I, I thought that was actually quite played nicely because it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't too obvious, I don't think. 
Right. Which it would have been if it was the there was one of the crew members who was in, in the pod was just on the stretcher with um, oxygen mask on and, and they were all suspecting it was him. So it would have been very much, you know, predictable if it if it was. But I thought he, you know, he, he actually played it really, really well. The chess burst. Really, I think, yeah, he was great. I think that was actually probably my favorite thing about that short was just, you know, that performance. I think he was probably the best chest burst out of the out of all of them. But then again, how many were there? There were only two, weren't there? It it kind of reminded me of yeah, the, I think the, so. The comic we recently uh, reviewed, Aaron, uh, Dust to Dust, where they're on the escape pod and there's a chest burster that had bursted out, and they're all like, "Oh, where the fuck is it?" You know. So that was kind of cool to to see that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And and well, the the chest burster was the you know the main bad guy in terms of creature for this. Yeah, so that that's one thing that I guess we should mention is not all of these shorts have a full-grown adult alien. As a matter of fact, only yeah. two of them do. Uh, sorry, no, three three of them do. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. yeah. It's Orr, Orr has some, and then Harvest, and then Alone has one at the end. But Specimen, Night Shift, and Containment. Yeah, they're all facehuggers and chestbursters and eggs and, and those mm-hmm. ones. Which I think was good anyway. You know, it, it gave them extra areas to play with but then with this one to say the focus was the chestburster you got two glimpses at the thing it was very, very... quick ones yeah mm. yeah i think that kind of goes towards they were trying to evoke the feel of the original alien where you don't see it very much and as a matter of fact uh, during the q a of the screening we were at the director of harvest was saying he had shot a lot more of the alien suit but they just didn't want it shown as much and so they had him him cut a bit out of it but there's there's a difference between you know showing a little and showing not enough not yeah. not enough i think that, that that was probably one of the reasons i ranked this so low was because the alien presence was i don't know it it, it didn't feel like it was enough i mean i know it's implied oh, of course it's implied because the thing's there with them but i don't know it it, it felt it made it feel a little bit more I don't I don't want to use like words like cheaper while we're doing this, but it made it feel cheaper than the others because we saw we saw more of the creatures in in, in everything else. And I understand the desire to, you know, keep things on the down low and not show as much because Alien does that as well. The amount of um, creature time in Alien is not that great, not that high. But it it didn't work in this one for me as as much as I liked the you know the performance of the bursting I think and and the blood effect I really liked the um the blood yeah, squirt I do think it it hurt it just showing so so very little of it in this one I can kind of agree with you on that I think it, the build up to that last shot with her handwriting on or her writing with the blood on the window was the point of that and maybe that's why I don't feel like I needed to see the creature as much because I, that shot was powerful enough. I think that was probably the selling point of the pitch yeah. for this one. Yeah, and that's that's where I, I felt the impact of that, like where, okay, you got all these people who have no idea what the fuck just happened. Sorry for the language. Or what the F just happened. <laughs> and, you can uh, swear, mate. Don't we can, we can, we can usually... We're talking about these rated R movies. Yeah, we can usually get uh, by with a few with YouTube. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, well, I'll continue. I won't continue. Uh, but uh, no, they just don't know what this thing is. And I, I guess maybe... It makes it more mysterious, even though you and I and everyone viewing this knows what the creature is as a narrative. It's kind of more chilling that there's something on board with them and they're telling people not to open this door. But then, you know, that the company is going to do that in the first place. Like, that's why it's happening. So I don't know. 
I think that that last shot kind of, for me, balances out not having to see that creature as much or just the chestburster at all anymore. And but I hear you, Aaron. I completely agree at the same time. But I, for me, it just didn't it didn't hurt as much because of that shot at the end was just so well done. It was it was a really good moment. Um, yeah, that's the kind of thing I'd love to see in a theatrical release as well. Yeah, because um, it shows a bit of say a bit. It shows a lot of conviction of character. I think even though we didn't necessarily really know this particular the, this particular character, it it still worked for me. I do agree. I think it was a really really good ending. And again, I think it that was the point of this pitch, mm-hmm. and 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 it worked in that. Even even if I was disappointed by the lack of um, yeah. creatures in this one. Yeah. But I also think you were totally right about um, the design work as well. You know, it it looked alien. It really did. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the set work was great. And, and like the, even the windows, you know, they evoked the Prometheus era Wayland logo, yeah. which was cool. Well, they talked about at the Q&A how they wanted to use of that padding in the walls, like in the first film in the hallways with that, that leather kind of padding that they did mm-hmm. in those long stretches. But they they still achieved a good look without it and they just couldn't do it with the budget. They said that was what, like something surprisingly expensive to do uh, was putting those padded walls together. So they didn't even bother, but I don't think they knew them. It still worked really well. Yeah, no, all, all of them look like this slot into the world. You know, you can't complain mm-hmm. about that on any of the shorts. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to specimen? Unless you guys have anything else to say about containment. Uh, the, the after credits, uh, little. Shot oh yeah. 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 It's a good they, laugh. Um, that was probably one of the only laughs I had in that whole thing. I think everything was so serious, but that was a good yeah, that. yeah. That but was it, it worked. You're right as well. That that was the only moment it of humor. It worked really well. All of these, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want I wanted to mention the um, the music actually because um, I picked up on this when I was just rewatching that on 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 the bigger telly. I liked the music in this. I thought it was very reminiscent of uh, Covenant's sort of um, bloodburster sequences, you know, the, the really pounding heartbeat to it. And again, that's something mm-hmm. else all the shorts did really well. And I don't think they all used the exact the same composer. I think they all used different composers as well. And everybody did a phenomenal job keeping it feeling alien like they did on all the, the production design. So, so that was good. Okay, so Specimen. Uh, this will be released next week, April 5th, next Friday. Continuing on, I'll just go ahead and read the, the synopsis here on our website. Uh, it's the night shift in a colony greenhouse, and Julie, a botanist, does her best to contain suspicious soil samples that have triggered her sensitive lab dog. Despite her best efforts, the lab unexpectedly goes into full shutdown, and she is trapped inside. Little does she know, an alien specimen has escaped the mysterious cargo, and a game of cat and mouse ensues as the creature searches for a host. Uh, this one was directed by Kelsey Taylor, and I thought this was one of the most interesting out of out of all of them, uh, because we only have one human character here, Julie, and she is a, a botanist in this greenhouse, which is filled with like this lush, almost kind of jungle setting, but within this concrete industrial room, like really large room. I kind of agree with you, Mike. One of the things you had said after the screening was that you'd always wanted to see the aliens in a jungle environment. And although we're still kind of indoors here, we have that jungle within that. And I thought it was a really interesting setting for that. Uh, Kind of also reminded me of the cut scene from Alien Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah, Mm -hmm. where you had the big greenhouse scene within within the Auriga that was never shot for the film. Or was that shot? Uh, Yeah, it was it was never shot. Yeah, it was just cut. Also, there is a second character, which is her her dog, 
and the dog is kind of helping her track down a face hugger that escapes from these uh, samples have come in that have these eggs within these containers. That that honestly kind of reminded me of AVP two, uh, where you had the the eggs hidden in, the, in those containers. Oh uh, yeah, uh, you know yeah, what the, I'm talking the, about. The, Aaron, the, right? the game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. This is how you um, start. It's how you start the alien campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's an interesting question. Like, what were those eggs doing in there? Were they put in there intentionally? Like, was this like supposed to be the mm. start of an outbreak or something? But um, one, one would assume. But yeah, what what did you guys think about this one? I think this is one of the things where you could tell that it, it was it was directed by a woman. And I hope this isn't going to sound like a massive generalization here, but it's it's something I always feel. I read a lot of the Stargate books, like. You know, I mentioned earlier, I'm a big Stargate fan. And you can always tell the difference between the ones written by a woman and the ones written by a man because the women focus on the characters a lot more. Uh, they focus on the, the team dynamic a lot more. And I felt with these shorts that you could also really feel that character focus. And Specimen was another example of that because even, you know, even as something as sim- it, like the, the her listening to the music, I really like that. And that enamored yeah. me to her very quickly actually yep. and i really like that i really like julie um the the, the main character i I, w- I was with her straight away and, you know i, I did <laughs> i didn't want her to get face hugged um so that that worked quite well for me in, in terms of the focus on on her what you just said about all you can tell when it's by a woman that's exactly what i said right after the screening to them too it's just like i immediately could tell that there's a difference here and i think the franchise could use some more of that myself because i personally haven't cared about the characters in some of the recent movies for a while i and like adam mentioned earlier i loved the greenhouse setting um one of my favorite movies ever is sunshine by danny boyle and him i'm sure you guys have seen that or maybe some of the listeners have they have that greenhouse in there and i've always imagined what an alien would be like in that ship because that movie very much evokes a lot of alien in it too for those who have mm-hmm. seen it definitely um does. And I could just imagine what an alien in that white greenhouse with the greenery in there would be like. And I just, that's what I immediately went to when they were talking about, or when they showed us that. And I, uh, that, I just didn't know that that's something I've wanted. And I got it a little bit. And it was very cool to see that. Even if it wasn't a xenomorph, it was just a face hugger crawling around. And it was, the effects on it were really well done. And I just loved the way it was shot. I'm a photographer again. Like, so I, I gush over this stuff. And that was personally one of my favorite visuals, uh, visually shot shorts out of a bunch too. But this was probably at the night of was my favorite, but I think it ties with or again, the other one directed by women. Uh, and maybe it's because the characters or something, but you could just tell. I don't know. I hear the, you, Aaron. The, the, the setting, you know, was really interesting in that it's, it's, it was different. You know, some of the other mm-hmm. stuff was, um, again, or. Or used a, a different setting to what you we've seen on the films, which was really nice. And I like it when stuff like that happens. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, I I knew we were talking about it off mic, but like that that was one of the things I really liked about Covenant was that it took the setting elsewhere. And I would have loved to have seen the aliens jumping around the trees in that. Yeah, I was um, hoping for that when we first saw it, and obviously we didn't get it. But but just just changing the setting was one of the things that I really liked about that film, and it, it is something I liked about Specimen as well. And you you're totally right about the the, the face hugger effects as well. I was actually surprised at. <laughs> again or the visual effects on some of the aliens i wasn't expecting yeah. to see such good sort of cg effects on on, yeah. on these shorts yeah. yeah kelsey had said that they had brought someone in kind of at the last minute that they needed like a shot of the the cg facehugger and and the person they had do it just did a, a great job on that yeah it was also really fun watching a dog kick the shit out of a facehugger like I yeah. really enjoyed that. That was just super cool to see. Yeah, but well, then it, it kind of made you question, like, why is the facehugger not able to get the dog? And then, then the story plays out, and it's more exciting once you figure out what's going on. 
But it was just yeah. cool to see that happen instead of it just being an ultimate organism that's going to take down everything automatically. And that really kind of goes to the next uh, distinct bit about this short was that we were wondering, well, why doesn't the facehugger just facehug this dog, you know, like Alien 3? But we see at the end, the the dog essentially thrashes the facehugger, but the acid kills the dog. And then when you see the dog on the ground dead, you realize, oh, this dog is is synthetic because you you see its kind of internals there and you see the white blood everywhere, which is interesting. I mean, this is the first time we've we've seen that in the Alien franchise. We've seen it in, in Blade Runner, but that's more replicant, you know, the, the genetic reproductions there as opposed to the, the fully synthetic beings here. And it, um, it totally worked as well. You know, it, it wasn't a yeah. that wouldn't happen kind of thing. It was a, oh, I've never really thought about that kind of thing. Because I can't yeah. even, I can't think of any of the expanded universe that's really done that. No. I think I asked that question to you, Adam, when we were after the screening. I asked you if there was anything like that in in the comics or anything, and we couldn't come up with anything. No, I can't remember ever there has been a time where there was a synthetic animal in the in the Alien franchise. Yeah. So just to have something be new in the franchise that you know doesn't go against what came before that makes fans fans angry it's always good to just have something that's an addition to the franchise it's something completely new and i would suspect most people are just like oh yeah that's cool that's interesting you know yeah yeah definitely do kind of i guess lament the fact that we didn't get another runner though i must admit that's Even where that, i was, was thinking yeah that's where I mean, I was that's the easy assumption mm. yeah that's the easy assumption and i i think that'd be too 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 easy too easy Give yeah, us something new. I still kind of missed it, but yeah, that, that's just because I really love the design. <laughs> Didn't just watch Alien Three. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't be like that, Mike. Don't be like <laughs> that. No, we we haven't had enough of the DNA reflex. We need more than just we need more than just Chet and the Runner for sure yeah, in the future. I agree. But I thought Kelsey did a great job just creating a tense atmosphere in this short. Like the lights would go off in this this greenhouse, uh, and she would just have to find her way around. She didn't know what was going on. She just heard her dog attacking something so yeah the, the tension in this was just really well done yeah, i loved the transition with the headphones being on and then she pulls them off and here's the alarm that was yeah i loved that shot yeah, that was that so was well great. done well that was something we missed about uh, containment as well you know i thought that had a good sort of atmosphere especially the tension between the characters in that one yeah that was cool. yeah yeah and containment uh not to go back too much here but yeah they were all very uh, distrusting of each other and that was interesting to see. Again, kind of kind of similar to how we had seen in isolation with some of that. And and the actress, I can't remember her name in, in Specimen. I thought she did a great job as well. Oh, yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not a great deal, again, because the shorts are only 10 minutes long. I mean, not a great deal of material to work with, but still doing, you know, still doing a really good job. There was a lot of visual character development, like you mentioned with the, the music playing earlier on her headphones mm. and stuff. You, you caught who she was right off the bat, and that's the acting was great. And yeah. I, I don't think any of, well, maybe apart from the next one coming up, really had any acting that I was kind of like, eh, on. Yeah, same. I agree. Well, should we continue on to Night Shift? Uh-huh. Yeah. So this one comes out the weekend after April 12th. Uh, here's the synopsis. When a missing space trucker is discovered hungover and disoriented, his co-workers suggest a nightcap as a remedy. Near closing time, they are reluctantly allowed inside the colony supply depot where the trucker's condition worsens, leaving a young supply worker alone to take matters into her own hands. And this one was written and directed by Aiden Brizonic. Briz- I'm sorry about the pronunciation there. But yeah, what would you guys... I mean, we've already kind of alluded to this. This was not our favorite of the bunch, but what do you think? It definitely wasn't my favorite, as mentioned. 
this one's had this had the weakest characters in my opinion. And I don't know if you guys will back me up on that. Oh god, but, yeah. Um, no, nobody was likable in it. I mean, even no. even the main um, the main character because all all of the shorts had had a female lead. Yeah, but she. I mean, they they tried they tried early on with the whole whale song thing. I don't know. It just, it just didn't go it didn't go right for me. Nothing. It's, would it make sense to say that if I this was the one that I expected all these shorts to be like? You know what I mean? Like I, I was almost expecting every single short to be at this quality. And I'm not saying this is bad. I want to get that by. But this one was the weakest. Did it feel a little bit more amateur? Yes. Is yeah. that the way? Yeah. 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 I'd say this one was decent. All the rest were good. Mm-hmm. And some were great. I think, I think there was it was just you might have mentioned this earlier, Ridgetop, but you know, there was just this assumption that everything we were calling them fan films. We were under the impression that perhaps that was gonna be the quality of them. Whereas these were professionally put together pieces by people who had um, you know, had credits, had experience. They might not be uh, Ridley Scott, you know, level names, who is these days, but they were still professionals and I don't think a lot of people have really been expecting that of this, which will work very much in the favor of, um, yeah. you know, of, of the the watching experience. I mean, there were some good visuals. Um, the opening shot is fantastic. I will give that like the, that's my favorite thing of this whole short was that opening opening shot with the, the pan down of the ship. And then you see him in the alleyway and then it eventually fades out and you see the facehugger's body right there. It just was that was a great setup. And I was hoping it was going to continue with those beats. And uh, I don't know, it just I think it was the acting in this and some of the character motivation, like when the one guy shoots the other guy in the neck. That, that's still to me after thinking back on yeah. it's still com- confusing i i mean they don't show it in camera so it's like you just hear the gunshots and then you get a bunch of random gunfire and the lights go out and this and that and it just like didn't make a lot of sense on what was going on but then i think you were supposed to have maybe tried to shoot the chest burster or the um you know his buddy yeah but it doesn't it didn't mm, it doesn't play, play out right. yeah. it doesn't play it as well like it, it was a visually confusing chaotic scene and i i mean obviously in real life that would be chaotic but it as an audience member it just was hard to follow even though i could pick it up it just was I, it was a little jarring when i saw it and it just kind of took me a minute to catch up and if i'm wrong i've only seen this one once but is there a shot where the chestburster is just sitting there in, in the dark for a minute before it runs out and it just sat there and stared at the camera, it felt like. Does that it... was the one where I kind of giggled a bit in the theater, Yeah, right? you giggled yeah. next to me in the theater, and I, I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I, I, that stuff yeah, I was expecting to see more of, and it just looked like a, t- a toy puppet. And maybe well, that's that, the I mean, that's where yeah. it, the budget's not there, and we understand that. But it was just Ridley Scott shot that first movie so well with, without the budget in certain areas, and you can make these creatures look incredible with the right yeah. lighting with the right camera work and that was a just there's a couple shots in there that it started off very strong with that opening sh- opening sh- scene which then you have that kind of weird goofy shot of the chest burst and i was like oh huh what's going on here that, that's where the weak stuff came through it just like a couple things just felt like a miss but then there was a couple of really great elements in there like the lighting and everything was great and in the mood and atmosphere was great but just some of the things that just played out just didn't make a lot of sense to me I really wasn't keen on the chest burst acting as well. You know, yeah, like I, I, I mentioned agree. earlier, 
containments guy did a much better job of it. This guy, nah, no, not not really. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was just see... underwhelmed by the whole thing. This whole yeah, show, this is to be honest. This is the one that won't stick with me as much, and I hate to say that, but yeah, they kind of did what they could, I think, with with the puppeteering of of the smaller creatures, like the chestburster and the facehugger. Like even even later in Alone, where she's holding the facehugger, you could just tell she was just kind of shaking it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was disappointed with this one as well, unfortunately. I think, like you said, uh, Mike, it started off very strong just in the alleyway. That shot, you can see the facehugger in the shadows, and it's illuminated a little bit so later. That almost looked like a... It, sorry to interrupt, but that looked like it would have been a shot straight out of Aliens to me. Like, it had the color palette. It looked like yeah. a James Cameron kind of <clears throat> shot. And this one actually more had the Aliens vibe to me than, than with an the Alien vibe. And everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just, but it also felt like it could have been more directed by like inspired by aliens opposed to alien Uh because those are two different movies in my opinion uh styles and every i mean everybody knows that but um yeah that's what i felt when this one started was oh this is more aliens than alien and it kind of played out that way when you look at it anyways go on go on adam sorry (laughs) no you're fine but yeah the the flying i think you said you you miss seeing this aaron but next time you watch yeah, it just wasn't. look look towards the sky in that first shot and you'll see like an astromo type ship flying overhead with the lights and it's very cool because even in the first alien i i had always wondered like oh what what does that ship look like like taking off after it's docked and stuff and so you kind of see that initial like departure of a ship like that and mm-hmm. that was the strongest part of it for me was that was the beginning and the end like the end after everything had happened in that little uh shop or depot or whatever you hear like the you hear just chaos and so it's kind of implied that there's an outbreak at this colony which again kind of reminded me of of dust to dust so i think it's it's unfortunate because the premise and the setting of this episode had a lot of potential but i just think the the characters didn't quite do it for me um there are some things like one one of the characters just steals something from the shop and it's like okay like what? Why? Like, and it's just like, right. just does that's it, the stuff just that bothered does it me. Ob- I felt like I was questioning. Go ahead. Sorry. I felt like I was questioning that the motives of the characters a lot because of what you just said with the stealing off the shelf. Like, yeah, what? it just does okay. it very, just does it very obviously. I'm like, this is a colony, you know, like uh, people are probably vetted before they come out this far into space or whatever. Or at least you would think so. I don't know. It's, it's the far future, but um yeah so that that was kind of uh just like what okay because it didn't really play anything to the story except for another one of the characters brings it up like oh check his pockets you know but yeah so so they're in there late to to get a drink but but it doesn't really because his his friends hung over so like i don't know it's never really elaborated what they're doing there specifically at least i didn't get that i need to watch it again um and maybe my opinion of it would change but it just seemed like it started off really cool in that alleyway and then they go into the shop and all these characters are interacting with each other and they're all kind of like rude to one another and then the chest burster comes out of his friend and it's it's almost like a repeat of containment you know they're they're chasing around this chest burster but it's not done as well uh and then at the end we oh. sorry go ahead i was gonna ask what did you think of the the actual chest burst because unlike containment we see it here we see the actual moment did it work for you um as as we kind of brought up earlier it, it i don't know it it did and it didn't because I, I give some leeway to the fact that they're puppeteering these things just with the budgets that they have. But I, I couldn't help but 
but chuckle at it. Just like, oh, look at that little guy. You know, not like, oh, that's terrible. Just like it wasn't evoking the feeling it was it was supposed to, you know, like even in AVPR. I'm sorry, I'm going to defend this movie like I always do. That shot of the that shot of the chestburster in the sewer where you just see it for a moment there slithering up like that's a good creepy shot of a chestburster there. So, no, it didn't it didn't quite work for me in in this one. But it's a shame because I think I think the the setting, again, had a lot of potential here. Also, I would say that the set itself was probably the least impressive out of all of them. It just looked like a bunch of shelves in like a, a little surplus store, you know, like a hangar. So, yeah, it's still worth a watch. It still fits in with with all of these. But for me, it was it was the weakest of the bunch. Yeah, no, no disagreement there. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. So the next one coming out on April 19th is Alien Ore. And the synopsis is as follows. As a hardworking miner of a mining colony, Lorraine longs to make a better life for her daughter and grandchildren. When her shift uncovers the death of a fellow miner under mysterious circumstances, Lorraine is forced to choose between escape or defying management orders and facing her fears to fight for the safety of her family. And this was written and directed by the Spear sisters. Or twins, interestingly enough. This one, I think, easily had the most rounded out character of, of all of them in in Lorraine um you know we had quite clear motivations we had quite clear relationships um set up straight away um you know when she decided to stay I completely you know I was like yeah I know what she's doing uh, before she explains it so yeah I thought strongest characters out of uh, out of the lot for me specifically in Lorraine Absolutely because it is too. It is a bigger cast. I think there's probably the biggest cast out of all of them, but the focus was very much on her. And it was also interesting that, well, I say interesting, it was nice that she was a grand a grandmother as well. You know, we don't tend to have older protagonists um, when it comes to the Alien Alien series. Everybody's normally about 30s, 40s or whatever. Not that this woman looked like she was in, you know, her 80s or whatever, anything like that. But, you know, it clearly defines her as a grandmother. And I thought that was nice. It also, I think, helps paint a picture of what how, how everybody works in that universe, too. Like, she's an older woman working in the mines. It sets a picture of, it gives you, it paints a really good picture of the universe. It's, it's world how, building gone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this this was one of my favorites. Um, I liked the whole descent into the mine and the location itself was really interesting. I've always loved the whole underground cave setting for, for aliens. And we kind of see that a bit in, in AVP 2010, the yeah, Rebellion you game. You don't actually get a lot of it. You know, it's a very alien feel, but I wouldn't say there's a great deal of it in the expanded universe. Mm-hmm. So that but was it nice. Is- like the jungle, it is a good setting that we haven't really seen mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, not to mention, it made me think of Out of the Shadows, Aaron, where they have yes, the mining yes. colony on that world, and they they take the elevator down deep into the mine. So the the setting itself was really strong, and and I think the sisters were saying that they had scouted out this location. I can't remember exactly where the mine was, but they shot it in an actual mine, and yeah, I believe they shot Vancouver. it. Yeah, I believe they shot it at night because it was cheaper to do so. You know, when it wasn't as as active. But yeah, the, the characters, and, and again, we mainly focus on Lorraine here, but we also focus on seems like uh, one of the administrators for the colony who we find out is uh, supposed to be an android, and the uh, the directors. Uh, they were also saying like, oh, she she was kind of conflicted because eventually she's given the directive to protect this alien. But that doesn't mean just, you know, the humans can can die or whatever. Like they've just moved down in priority as far as what should be protected. Like she's still trying to protect the colonists there. But the alien is just higher on the chain now as far as priority of what 
what to protect, which is kind of different than we had seen with Ash. I guess Ash just didn't didn't seem to really give a fuck if they died or not. But in this one, it, it was kind of distinct in that sense where she she didn't want them to die. She was saying, listen, just get out, but don't engage the alien because it needs to be protected. But just kind of alluding to that because she didn't want to say that directly. But but the colonists kind of figured it out. Um so yeah, they go they go down into the mine and people start getting picked off, which was was cool. How you see the one person just being ripped into the darkness, like yeah, that was a really cool shot. That was great. And uh, the alien was all CG in this one, I believe. Mm. And, and you know what? It looked good. I was I was actually surprised at it. Particularly, the, the, there's a shot that I absolutely loved, which was when you see the alien jump on the wall. Completely agree with you. I know exactly what shot you're talking about. Yeah. Well, at that point, I was like, well, what? And then. You know, we saw more of it, and it it was really nice looking. You know, there was a lot of fluidity in its movement. And again, I'd been expecting a little bit more stiff stuff. So I think by this point, I'd actually, and that's not to insult these, because I do really enjoy both Harvest and Alone, but they were using, you know, a, a, a practical suit that I don't believe was a hero suit. So when it came to Aura and I saw this grace and, and um, you know, dexterity from it, I, was, I wasn't I was expecting it, and I really, really liked that. And like you mentioned as well um, earlier with the darkness shot of him, of that particular character being pulled back into the darkness, you, there was that end shot of the alien jumping out of the darkness that I thought was really cool as well. You know, they made, they made good use of, of, of the dark in this one. In all. And I think this was the only one where the alien had a ridged head, if I saw correctly, because it was very dark in, in where the alien yeah, was. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, yeah. So yeah, I'm curious if they used a, a pre-existing model or if they, they made their own, but I mean, it was effective. The alien looked good, and even though it wasn't a practical suit like it was in, in the other ones, it was effective. I mean, it would have been cool to have it cut with practical effects as well but we just didn't see a lot of the, the alien in this one either so and and that worked for it in this one though because yeah, you, that, you, you do get to see it and when you do see it it's strong it's a strong appearance yeah, yeah you don't need it all the time kind of like i was trying to make that point earlier with the chest burster and containment uh this one worked just just enough alien because the characters it's all like all i cared about was the characters in that one and that um, moment at the end actually where they all sort of came out to join lorraine i was like yes yeah and that's the director said that they wanted to have it more like a com- camaraderie cast like the first alien film and i think they achieved it with that like they made me care yes. for everybody in yeah. there even without having dialogue for everybody or any of that or any development for everybody well even then at, at the start of it you know there is that sense of, of camaraderie <clears throat> even even with like the picking on uh, the ribbon on on the guy who gets pulled into the darkness mm-hmm. you know because because he's griping but and they're just sort of jabbing at him but you can tell it's you know you can tell it's in jest and then you have the little moments where they sort of acknowledge other people each other's families and stuff like that it's it's doing a lot with a little right yeah it really worked and that's uh, you just said that too i mean they did a lot with a little on all of these short films and that's what we have to keep reminding everybody these they did a great job with what they had on these films all of them do you guys, um, were you a little disappointed that it kind of cut away in the end so we didn't see the outcome of that fight? Or did you think it was more effective how we didn't see that? I was kind I of always, ex- I've, I've been expecting, you know, sort of cliffhangery things with these. So it, it wasn't too surprising to me. I mean, most of them I would have liked to have seen <laughs> longer yeah. stuff. I would have liked to have seen, you know, maybe half hour features rather than 10 minutes so in in terms of you know most most of them made me want more of, of that particular slice 
of of the Alien universe was, I suppose, a testament to the, to how much I was enjoying them as well. But you know, I really enjoyed that last shot that much that I wasn't too fussed. I was like, damn, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, for I think for a short film format at work and like we had kind of said before i think the strongest thing about all of these is it plays to a larger alien universe and that's been my problem with some of the movies uh, even movies i love like alien 3 and alien resurrection which i've warmed up to um i don't know if i love that one but i've warmed up to it but those films tried to close the universe i think and make it smaller but these shorts their real strength i think was playing to the potential of that larger universe of of how would humanity deal with with this threat on a larger scale yeah, definitely agree. That that was a nice part of expanding expanding the world because there was there was lots of little things that did. You know, even the depot in in Night Shift, I, I never would have really thought about that kind of thing. And then you know, in Harvest, when we get to it next, you know, that's, that's a literal mining ship in space kind of thing. So I think all of them did really well just to sort of pick a little piece of the rest of the universe and show. You know, is is this little corner enjoy? And I did. Like you had said, Harvest is next. That comes out April twenty sixth, Alien Day, alongside the next one, Alien Alone, which also comes out on Alien Day. So the synopsis for Harvest is the surviving crew of a damaged deep space harvester have minutes to reach the emergency evacuation shuttle. A motion sensor is their only navigation tool, leading them to safety while a creature in the shadows terrorizes the crew. However, the greatest threat might have been hiding in plain sight all along. This is directed by Benjamin howard shell um so this one was my personal favorite and i i just like it because it evoked the feeling of the the spaceship with an alien on it where you have to find a way to to get out and just the the terror of that situation uh also because i love practical creature effects and this had the the most of of the alien suit and i think this was the same stunt suit that we had seen in a couple of other instances like uh they did a skit on the the late show with it i think yeah with james uh, Corden. yeah and they also did like a a funny little amazon uh, audible commercial where they interview the guy in the the alien mm. suit but I this think is the, in the alien escape little short as well that's right yep they did they did use it for the the marketing of that and i think it was used really effectively here and it it kind of speaks to some of my problems with covenant again whereas they had these strong practical effects and i would have loved to have seen them used more not not instead of cg but just alongside it you know played to each one's strengths and i thought it was used really well here it just again had that tense feeling of trying to escape with your life from from a a doomed spaceship that the alien has just taken over also the spaceship itself was very interesting how we open up and we see that it's like meant to harvest the the trail of a a comet or something like that it almost kind of reminded me of of the expanse yes i was uh, just just gonna ask you if it reminds yeah, the, you the, the the canterbury yes mm-hmm. yeah a very very re- even in the design of the ship it looked really similar to that mm. well, just uh, in the as- way that the mole it's got like a giant friggin mouth at the front of it that, yep. i think that that was the main main bit so as a fan of that series as well i i loved i loved seeing it. the the use of the the suit because i i believe it's it's the same stunt suit from from covenant i mean we, we won't know until we get to talk to the you know, talk to the guys unless they spoke about it in the Q and A. Did they? Did they say? Uh, they didn't really clarify if it was used from Covenant in any of the answers that we asked about any of the practical effects. Okay. Well, the the thing with that was, and it was something I picked up on when they were showing the trailers, was like the the mouth doesn't move. It's a stunt suit. Yeah. It's, it's not a hero suit. Although I was surprised by the the head bite scene because, like I said, I was like, 
I'm pretty sure that doesn't have it. But then you had like little moments at the end as well with the tail. So they they will have augmented it with some CG from the looks of it. And that head bite was awesome. I really enjoyed that moment. That was a good one. But I think they made, a, you know, despite the mouth not moving, um, I think they made really good use of the suit, particularly in the um, in the lighting as well. Because again, yeah. that was more, that was more alien. That was um, you know giving you little, but what it gave you worked you could tell they had fun shooting it too like that's one of the things during the q a that the director kept on saying is that he shot so much of it and they had to cut out shots of the alien because he just had so much and i would have loved to photograph that suit <laughs> uh and i would probably do the same it, it, it looked like they were having a good time working with that thing and they had fun with it and it, all the shots were fun and exciting and you could just see that in there the love for the creature and that thing and yeah i would have done the same thing i wouldn't have i would have put that monster in every single shot of that mm. short film if i was the director <laughs> how, how how awesome was the tail stab at the end as well yeah, i jumped that was, that scared me <laughs> <laughs> I love I love seeing the alien actually use more of its tail because yeah. I, I think that's something we don't get enough of. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That was a really cool moment. Yeah, we also had the evil android in this one again, if you will. Which I don't know if the motive was really well defined. If it was, I guess it was just trying to incubate them for mm-hmm. you know, to get to the company. I almost thought this was kind of a sequel to Alone at first, but then I was like, oh no, because the android in that one dies essentially. Or at least you see that she's going to. But it could have worked if she had not been doomed in that way. Like, it could have worked as a sequel to that. It could have been the same android. Like, I don't know. Because because we see in Alone, jumping ahead a little bit, like, she had kind of uh, had this bond with, with the aliens. And so, yeah. But but also in this one, she's the one that gets gets killed by, by the alien with, with the tail stab. Um, so, yeah, it, it always goes to, like, play, like, well, when does the alien attack the android? It's like, kind of like a nightmare asylum when we see our main android character just kind of move among them and the aliens ignore him. But why did it kill her here? So, yeah, I just thought the imagery, though, in this one and the tension in this one and the suit work in this one, that's that's what made me love it. And the yeah. sets, too, like the sets, they had these winding hallways through the ship and then they had a evacuation shuttle as well. So to me, just production value and the overall the tension, the tone, the creature effects, everything was the strongest in this one. Maybe not the characters, because I think the characters in Specimen and... um or we're a little bit stronger, but as just as far as the uh, you know what I'm looking for out of out of an alien thing, this one delivered. I wouldn't necessarily say the well. No, I guess this is going to be more in terms of the acting. Yeah, you didn't get as much with the characters, but I think again the actors did a lot with a little in terms of the page count. You know the 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 runtime. Like I thought, I thought the android character looked particularly menacing. You know when you sort of like, oh shit, this is what she's doing. And that last sort of moment before it, she gets um, penetrated, you know, that satisfied sort of look on her face. I think I think the, the actors did really well on that one. I wasn't keen on the eggs, though. I will say that they they must have been homemade for this one. I say homemade. I'd have to see you, you know those what again. I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah I don't I don't remember the eggs myself. Where were they when they kind of when they they're have to the retrieve shuttle. the? Oh, there but, were eggs in the shuttle, huh? I, I didn't like. I didn't really like those ones. They. They did make it look cheaper to me. Again, I hate to use the term cheaper, but you know when you've got this suit that was made by, well, presumably made by um, odd creatures, and then these dodgy-looking eggs, it was like it was, you know, opposites of quality, which I thought was unfortunate. But yeah. So following this, we have Alien Alone, which again also releases on Alien Day. The synopsis is: Hope, an abandoned crew member aboard the derelict chemical hauler on Tranto. Otranto 
has spent a year trying to keep her ship and herself alive as both slowly fall apart after discovering hidden cargo. She risks it all to power up the broken ship in search of human life. So this one stars a female android character, and we find out she's an android pretty early on. And then she, I guess, befriends a facehugger. Um, see, it sounds it sounds so bad when you say it like <laughs> that. I mean, the, the, this one for sure, I think, is going to be the most controversial of the shorts. But in terms of what it does, but because it did something so different is, I think, why I really love this. You know, it, it was the bravest of the bunch as far as I'm concerned in terms of narrative. And to me, sorry to hijack your point already, but, you know, I think this is going to be one of the ones I'm defending. Oh, no, go for it. Um, and to me, it was also, I don't know if I've ever really spoken about it on the podcast, but there's a particular scene in the Alien Engineers script by John Spates. So, yeah, we'll have spoken about it when we did the, that, that episode where David sort of coaxes an alien onto Dr. Watts, who would be Dr. Shaw. And that is the, you know, like one of my favorite unfilmed scenes. And, you know, we kind of got that in the end of this one. So for me, I got a huge kick out of seeing that sort of uh, realized. And yes, the points you made earlier about the control, you know, the puppetry of these, um, of the smaller creatures. And you do see it in this one in that it's, it's not, massively effective you know you can tell she's just sort of pushing it down and the bits that we get of the huggers two legs just sort of moving (laughs) weren't as good as you know the cg hugger from specimen or the movement of the cg uh, alien in 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 awe but i don't know it was just the uniqueness of the whole situation really enamored me to to alone and i really love just how audacious it was in doing something so different yeah i kind of liked it for that as well honestly at first when she was like oh my companion and i and i'm just like are we really doing this but i mean it it was like it was interesting because yeah the facehugger would not attack her um i mean it kind of attacked her briefly but it didn't try and facehug her like it just wrapped it wrapped itself around her arm and injured her a little bit um but then she 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 makes an interesting observation as well that the face hugger is kind of slowly dying because they're not meant to live this long and then when they come across a a human in cryostasis on the ship she no i thought i thought that she was being rescued was she oh that's right being right she was yes being rescued yep that's right. And it kind of makes you wonder too like well was there anyone else on the ship that he came from but so she knocks him out essentially with with the face hugger and then locks him in a room where he gets chest bursted and then the episode ends with she sees the face hugger dead but then she realizes the the full grown alien that's that's come from it now so that that was kind of a cool ending for her to kind of mm, that was a nice shot as well i thought confront the the full grown adult alien yeah and that was um that was james paxton as well who got burst yep who is who is bill paxton's son in case anybody didn't see that in the lead up to this because i thought that was really cool that one of the shorts had got him involved although two actually because apparently he did a teeny bit of radio voice in containment so that was a nice connection. I thought that was really cool. And he did a good job, like you were saying, of containment where the actor was being bursted. It was convincing. It, it was in this one as well. So Yeah, yeah. I, re- I really have a thing for damaged characters as well, which is why I think I really liked um, Hope 
in this. She was, you know, she was robotic in in how she was delivering stuff. That's but... what I I almost feel like that to me is going to be a complaint for some people. Yeah, it was I... for for me at first, and well, I sat on it a little bit now, and it, it kind of works. But then again, it was just it felt too robotic for me compared to the other synthetics in the universe that don't feel like robots. Well, the idea that she was malfunctioning, you know, she was degrading like the yeah. facehugger was, you know, it, it can lend, I guess, maybe credence to what was, you know, why she was she Absolute, was acted and absolutely. directed that way. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But yeah, you know, I, I love damaged characters. It was one of the few things I liked in um, No Exit, which I just reread, you know, was how fucked up that main character was. So I, I, I dig it. I mean, I know this one's going to be one that, I feel like, you know, it, it might not go down so well for a lot of people, and I'm really curious to see that reaction, especially considering how much I do really love this one. So, yeah. So, yeah, that is all of the shorts, and again, I think they all just work well together. I definitely think these are worthy of, of being a special feature on the 40th anniversary Blu-ray. Oh, and absolutely. Again. For sure, for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing these yeah. on all on a bigger telly bigger hopefully screen. they'll be 4k as well considering the, the 4k release of it so oh that, that that's another point actually um i think they said they recorded the, them in, in 4k they so. shot them in 4k but they didn't at least that the director the director told us that they didn't export the what we saw in 4k so they mm-hmm. might do it but who knows i just wanted to bring up before we close the the visual quality of it now a lot of um a lot of like Again, I don't, I'm trying not to be offensive here in, in terming, but, you know, less big budget sort of production stuff. You can always sort of tell that it's not a professional one in terms of the uh, the um, the camera quality. You know, it might be too clean, you know, no no sort of filters, no um, it's filters the right term. You know, the, the color grading, I suppose, might be the better way of putting it. Everything looked like it was, you know, it was it was done properly. I'm, I don't really know how to explain myself in, in this way. Because I don't know if I'm making sense to you. Am um, I making sense? So are you trying to say that they looked good? Or are you saying that they didn't look nearly as good as a feature film? No, I'm, I feel or like they, there's a, there's a certain were... look to low-budget things. Yes, there is. And it was... It's, uh, I hear you, and I agree with you. And I'm, I'm not sure how to put it into words either. Uh, I, th- it's, I it's, think it, it it's looked... almost how they're shot. They're shot close, but they're not all the way there. It's almost they're lit all the... Like, uh, it's almost. I think it's hard to say. I I know what you're saying, but I can't put it into words either. And I'm the guy that does this stuff for a living. <laughs> <laughs> the, the color correction, though, I will say the color correction was very impressive. Given yeah. these these were just you know smaller produced shorts. The color correction, and again, just seeing it in a theater with you, Mike, it it felt like give these guys some more money, and yeah. we'd be we'd be there, right? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it was. I mean, they still feel like smaller produced shorts, but they look like they'd almost be something made for made for TV, opposed to being for a, a theatrical release kind yeah. of situation. That's kind of the way I see. It. I mean, like you watch a soap opera, it looks different than a, a regular television show, and then a movie doesn't look anything like a television show, and it's kind of that comparison. These don't look like movies, but they still look great compared to. They do look like movies, though, too. They look like maybe a, a direct to DVD uh, or direct a streaming movie or something like that now but then all movies are looking great these days on netflix and everything for the you know what i'm saying <laughs> is that what you were you were kind of trying to say with the color grading aaron like if it yeah 
evoked yeah. the look of a full theatrical presentation or mm. if it was not quite up to there. I mean, it doesn't look anything like Covenant or, or even Alien itself, but it still ha- it still captures the feel of it, if that makes sense. They just don't look exactly like Yeah, it, it looks... Movies. It doesn't look amateur in its visual quality. No, I guess, not, not at all. all. But I agree. Like the, the most impressive thing of these of these shorts is that it evoked the feeling of the first Alien that, that for me has been strongest in Alien and Alien Isolation. Like those two things really evoke... The, and I guess some of the novels too, like Out of the Shadows kind of evoked the world of the, of the first Alien film. Um, this fit right in there with that time period of the universe. And honestly, I would love the 35th anniversary rolls around for Aliens. Uh, what is that, like 2021 or something? If they did something like this, but all in the theme of, of Aliens, uh, that would be really cool. Especially with how much, uh, how many sort of Colonial Marines cosplayers there are out there as well. You know, there'll be an abundance of access to costuming. Yeah, definitely. But overall, I mean, for me, I don't want to give all of these a rating on on their own, even though I I could. But uh, judging them as an anthology, as a all of them are part of one single presentation, I'd probably give it an eight, maybe eight and a half out of ten. Personally, yeah, yeah that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not one to rate by numbers, but uh, yeah, seven, eight. Yeah. If we're going on a scale of 10. All right. Well, was there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we wrap it up? I'd kind of like to see more of this. Yeah, I would, too. Yeah, no, definitely. I think this was an experiment that that worked. So, you know, Bravo Fox, more more of this. Uh, maybe even more of, of these particular guys and girls, yeah. you know, yeah. give, give give them, you know, give them a, a couple of mil, maybe see what they do with a couple of mil and take it into a limited theatrical release or a straight to DVD release. Yeah, up the like, scale. like we, Aaron, you and I both really liked Love Death Robots, that recent Netflix release. Oh, God, that, that was anthology so awesome. Shit. Yes, so um, awesome. So if, if they did something like that, but in the Alien universe, that's, you know, a bit higher budget, but still short, still an anthology, I think that format could could really be effective. Yeah, and that way they can start going into Colonial Marine stuff and stuff like that, which is that's not in these shorts. There's no Marines or any of that kind of stuff. And people need to understand that these are for alien, not aliens. So yeah. we could expand the universe even more and not have to do these big feature length films every time that might end up disappointing people or this or that. You could do these little vignettes and stick to these small stories. And I think that's the best way to do this right now. And I think it's great evidence that you can do good things with aliens that or alien aliens as a, as a general term um, mm-hmm. on, on all sorts of scales, you know, it doesn't have to be limited to film uh, theater films, take it smaller. It still works. All right. Well, I think we about covered it. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Highly encourage watching all of these, honestly, multiple times. I know I'll be going back and, and watching them multiple times. And we would like to see more of this format. I think I think it really worked. So let us know what you guys thought about these shorts once they've all been released or just the ones you've, you've seen so far. Mike and I also went to the University of Southern California's Alien 40th Anniversary Exhibit and put together an, an article with a bunch of photographs and a video of, of the tour. So... Definitely check that out because we both worked uh, quite a few hours on that one. Um, it was fun. Check it out. It guys. was fun. You'll enjoy it. Mm, check I out really, the really enjoyed your coverage of that. It was a great experience, and they still have some screenings planned. So, Mike, hopefully, you'll be lucky enough to catch one of those when they yeah. uh, when they do yeah, that. Because they're supposed to have the filmmakers involved as well, aren't they? So that might be a nice yeah. Q&A. Yeah. 
we'll keep bit, everybody posted on those. Uh, before we do wrap up, though, I just want to mention it in here. My, guys, my recording has failed, so I'm going to be editing this off of the backup recording. So <laughs> apologies if this is not as tidy as usual. Well, again, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, be sure to check out our website, avpgalaxy.net, as well as our socials on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. This has been Ridgetop, Corporal Hicks, and Mikey, signing off. Thank you.